Chapter Three of Confessions of a Book Lover by E. Walter Walters. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Philip Gould. Chapter Three Books That Tempt. Some books are to be tasted, others to be swallowed, and some few to be chewed and digested. Bacon. What are the books that tempt? Are they the old familiar volumes, old friends in old clothes, well-worn editions of the classics? Or are they those same old friends decked in rich and fanciful bindings? I am acquainted with a book-lover who confesses that he has no taste for the fanciful modern reprint. You may show him Lamb, or Hazlitt, or Hunt, or Jeffreys, or Stevenson in the richest of binding, and tempt him not. He is not, he declares, to be caught that way. As well might the reader go arrayed in frills and furbelows to a masculine friend, and expect to be received with decorum. This friend of mine, I say, is as contemptuous of the modern, richly bound classic as of any other form of foppery. He insists on meeting his friends, whether it be in print or in the flesh, in unaffected, homely attire. He will tell you that the gentle Elia was of the same way of thinking, and that he wrote, in effect, How beautiful to a general lover of reading are the sullied leaves and worn-out appearance, nay, the very odor, beyond Russia, if we would not forget the kind feeling and fastidiousness of old circulating library volumes. How they speak of the thousand thumbs that have turned over their pages with delight, of the lone seamstress whom they cheered, milliner or hard-working mantua-maker, after her long day's needle-toil, running far into midnight when she has snatched an hour, ill-spared from sleep, to steep her cares, as in some Lathian cup, in spelling out their enchanted contents. Who would have them a whit less soiled? What better condition could you desire to see them in? Fastidious readers who insist upon having new books, or books good as new, must, I fancy, feel a twinge of guilt in the face of such humane sentiments. I confess, to my shame, that I am of the guilty company, that I am fastidious as regards the condition of a book, that torn, well-thumbed books do not tempt me whatever their contents, and not only am I guilty, but would seek to defend my guilt. I protest that it is the pleasurable duty of the book-lover to keep his treasured volumes in goodly condition, that a cover is but a new home, and that when the old one has served its purpose it should be replaced as readily as one would find a worthy dwelling-place for a beloved relative. I like to see my friends in the best possible circumstances. I like to see them bearing a well-cared-for, well-favored appearance. I do not forget the lone seamstress spoken of so tenderly by Lamb. I would have torn volumes repaired and shabby ones replaced in all circulating libraries. In no circumstances would I permit a treasured classic to go forth in a shabby condition. I would place new volumes, or volumes good as new, within the reach of all. But it cannot be denied that many tender associations are woven around numerous aged, well-preserved volumes. Where is the true book-lover who could not give a list of such? Their very odor, he will tell you, is beyond Russia. How sacred their well-preserved pages! Your up-to-date reprints with their fanciful covers are no company for such. Their gaiety is shamed by stately, calf-bound volumes. Yes, there is a grave and sober dignity about old, well-preserved books. 
it matters not whether they be bound in morocco calf or russia the sacred associations of old age are theirs if we do not love them at least we reverence them what a place to be in is an old library it seems as though all the souls of the bodleians were reposing here as in some dormitory or middle state i seem to inhale learning walking amid their foliage and the odor of the old moth-scented coverings is fragrant as the first bloom of those scientel apples which grow amid the happy orchard yes to many the old moth-scented volumes are the books that tempt i have a friend who has placed a standing order with a bookseller to supply him with all old calf-bound volumes to be procured at a certain sum dare i state the sum fixed it is counted in pence pence only mark you but as my friend has made no stipulations as regards the contents of the desired volumes he has a goodly array of books each one moth-scented each one a model of dignity my friend however is not a great reader he is not i venture to assert a book lover i fancy he should be called an antiquarian certainly his liking for antiquities is greater than his love for the contents of books books to him are rather furniture for rooms than for minds show him an example of skilfully tooled calf and you will please him better than if you had voiced an inspiring thought but wait i must hold my pen who can say to what depths of thought and feeling my friend is moved by the sight of his well-filled shelves has it not been said that there is inspiration in a mere glance at old volumes that they seem to exhale learning still i for one am ready enough to confess that old calf-bound volumes as such leave me unmoved too often have i together with other lovers of books found them dry as well as dusty i respect their age i consider the mellowed calf in which they are bound admirable material i admire their durability but such features do not greatly tempt me i am for volumes of homely appearance my own coat being of simple homespun i am more at home with volumes bound in cloth give me for my daily companions unpretentious books many in my possession cost no more than from two to three pence for i too am of the company of book lovers who dip at times into the lucky tubs to be found outside bookseller shops i confess moreover that i belong to the class of street reader who not having the wherewithal to buy or hire a book filch a little learning at the open stalls often and often have i been tempted by the well-worn volumes so unpretentious without so rich within that await the attention of the leisurely passer-by two humble pence and a mine of wisdom becomes one's own so much then for old volumes now what of the new what of the many dainty volumes sent out daily by modern makers of books i am thinking at the moment of the men whose business it is to bind and print who with amazing ingenuity send forth volumes having the appearance of jewel caskets wondrous designs of every tint to be found on a painter's palette i confess that i find such productions exceedingly attractive i confess that i am frequently tempted by them it would be good i feel to be the possessor of a volume of selected english essays bound in leather soft as velvet i am more fanciful in my taste than that friend of mine who insists upon seeing his old comrades in well-worn attire 
I like to see Charles Lamb strutting forth in purple and gold. I am touched when I behold the great men who reign in the world of the classics, standing shoulder to shoulder, arrayed in gorgeous confections upon a shelf in a bookseller's window. But I have no desire to possess the large and weighty volume that falls under the title Edition Deluxe. I am not tempted by bulky volumes, however elaborately they may be adorned. I have no desire to undergo the painful experience of a certain gentleman pictured in Punch, who after making valiant efforts to handle one such volume was finally reduced to an abject state of exhaustion. Give me volumes of convenient size. Give me, I pray, volumes I can master. End of chapter 3 Recording by Philip Gould